as we continue to play and as the stakes get higher and the competition continues to get better, you're going to see the Tremont waters that we all, you know, saw last year. Um, he's, he's working extremely hard. He's been leading the team daily. He's really trying to defend and, and, and do what the, the staff wants him to do on, on, on that end of the court. You know, you're going to see that. You're going to see that Wednesday against Houston. Uh, I have no doubt in my mind, Tremont Waters is going to play a, a really good game on, on Wednesday. Welcome, everybody, back to another edition of Boot Up, the LSU Basketball Podcast. I'm Cody Worsham, digital media reporter for LSU Athletics. Very excited you could be here for today's show. We bring on LSU assistant coach Greg Heyer, which is great because, one, Coach Heyer is very knowledgeable. Uh, he's going to come on and preview Houston, who LSU takes on Wednesday, undefeated team, one of eight undefeated teams in the country, uh, one of the best teams LSU will play all season on the road, and a really good matchup. He's going to come on and preview that. We're also going to talk about LSU's guards, the the hot start of Skyler Mays, the the solid and, and sometimes spectacular play of freshman Javante Smart, the the struggles of Tremont Waters, what he has to do to get back to doing what he does best, and uh, some of the guys who have been rotating in at the three. Coach Heyer is, is very well-renowned nationally uh, and certainly at LSU for his skill development, his work with guards. We talk a little bit about that. The best part, though, is that you don't have to hear me blabber on for 30 minutes. This is a, a very uh, non-intensive episode for me talking, which is great because as you can probably tell from my voice, I'm a little bit under the weather. Uh, you'll notice that on the Greg Heyer interview, uh, just a little bit of a, you know, one of those chest things that's just going around with everybody right now. So my voice is not in tip top shape, but uh, Coach Heyer certainly picks up the slack, more than picks up the slack. Uh, it's a great episode. I'm very excited about it. Um, I will quickly, before we get to that interview, do the, a, a super, super quick recap of LSU's win over Incarnate Word on Sunday, and also do a very, very quick overview of Houston so you have a little context for that interview with Coach Heyer. Um, okay, so let's first talk about Incarnate Word. LSU wins 91-50. I don't want to spend a whole lot of time on this one. When I first looked at the schedule that Will Wade put together, I think it was probably last summer or so, you could tell that this part of the season was, just as the rest of the schedule is, but this part in particular, it was put together very intentionally. It was right in the middle of two difficult stretches for LSU. One, the Advocare Invitational, where LSU knew they were going to play some really elite competition. And then this little stretch right here where they go to Houston, where they go to Las Vegas to play St. Mary's in a neutral site game on Saturday. You could tell that this was kind of the the soft spot of the schedule. And what I mean by that is, one, there weren't a ton of games. As I talk with Coach Heyer later in the show, they played one game in, in a 14-day stretch. They added a second with Incarnate Word. But this this Grambling State in, in Incarnate Word – stretch right here was clearly always going to be about LSU and about LSU working on LSU and whether they had gotten off to a great start whether they had gotten off to a terrible start whether it had been somewhere in between you could tell that with this part of the schedule right around finals week when you know things are, are really tough on the guys mentally um, that they had tried to build in one relatively few games and two games against the the lower end of, of the spectrum in terms of conference power rankings uh, into the schedule. So that was done intentionally. And so with that in mind, I, I don't care to do a whole lot of recap of, of those games in particular. I'm more interested on what LSU has been working on with themselves, the changes they've been doing. So what I saw in the 91-50 win over Incarnate Word was 
LSU offensively getting back to the very, very basics, as Will Wade has talked about. They dumped the ball inside, inside-out threes. That, that manifested itself well and, and some – and some good production for the three-point line. LSU was 10-26. to 26. Um, They were 24-35 on their two-point shots. They continue to be, by the way, one of the most efficient teams inside the arc all, all year across the country. LSU is shooting uh, 59.1% on twos. That's eighth in the country. And a huge part of why LSU is, is still a top 25 offense uh, in terms of efficiency, despite not quite fully clicking on all cylinders yet. Um, but you could tell there was a big emphasis on, on getting inside. Javante Smart, Skyler Mays really, really attacked the rim well. They both had big games. Uh, they both continue to play extremely well for LSU. Skyler right now is 13th nationally in offensive rating. Um, he's just been so, so productive. He leads the SEC um, in, in offensive rating. Darius Days is actually number two. He had another good game. Starting for LSU, he seems to have a good grip on that that four spot. Although Emmett Williams, who he's replaced in the starting lineup, was out injured. He did have a couple stitches uh, in his face. I think he took an elbow to the face in practice the day before the game. So uh, he should be okay for the Wednesday game against St. Mary's. Uh, excuse me, the Wednesday game against Houston. And then also the Saturday game against St. Mary's. But uh, in his absence, Darius Days played really well again. He had nine points, eight rebounds, was again very, very efficient as he has been all season. So that's good to see. Um, but, yeah, I, there's not a whole lot to read into with this game. LSU didn't start great. They finished strong. Um, it was just one of those games that coming out of finals week, it's the hardest time of year to play a basketball game. Having been there before, it's it's really, really tough. You've had a lot of practices in a row. You've been spending an inordinate amount of time in the books and in study halls, and, and so it's a little bit tough to get fully, fully focused on a game. And LSU came out the blocks a little bit slow, but they eventually got the thing under control and, and continued to work on the things they needed to work on. The biggest thing, I think, was LSU maintained a, a really significant advantage on the on the glass, out-rebounded Incarnate Word 43-20. to 20. That's what you would expect um, from the Tigers against a, a team from the Southland Conference with not a ton of size, and they did a good job on the glass and, and, and didn't let up there. Still a little bit high on the turnovers, 15 turnovers. Tremont Waters had four I think he had three in like the first couple of minutes. And I do think he's trying to hit too many home runs with his passes. I think that's what Will Wade has talked with him about. Um, they've, they've studied every turnover he's had and uh, this season, and, and so they know the source of it. Hopefully he can he can correct that. I think he will. Tremont's a fantastic player. I, I have the utmost confidence in him. Uh, I still see the flashes of, of brilliance that you saw last year. And I asked GH about it uh, in the interview later. And he has a really good answer on, on what he sees from Tremont and, and what Tremont needs to get back to doing. So uh, other than that, uh, I think that, that wraps up the Incarnate Word recap. It was you know not the prettiest game of basketball, but it was, uh, it was necessary and it was one that LSU went out and got the job done and, and got a few things accomplished. So I'll quickly look at Houston before we get to this interview with LSU assistant coach Greg Heyer. Uh, Houston's a really good team. They're one of eight undefeated teams in the country. They're 8-0 this year. Haven't played the toughest schedule. They do have a nice win over Oregon at home. Uh, speaking of home, they just opened a new gym called the Fertitta Center. Uh, I think they put like $30 million into it. It's it's a renovation of the old Hoffenheim's Pavilion, and it's state-of-the-art. The student section's already sold out for the LSU game. They're in the top 25 this week for the first time all year. It's the earliest they've been in the top 25. I saw this. Their beat writer um, for the Houston Chronicle, Joseph Duarte, reported that it's the earliest they've been ranked in the top 25 since the five slamma jamma days so that kind of tells you the, the type of team they have this year lsu has played houston a bunch recently i think they've played the last four seasons the guy who 
was their bell cow the last two or three seasons. Rob Gray is gone. Uh, so is Devin Davis, who were kind of their one-two punch last year. However, they bring back two really, really efficient wings and Corey Davis, who's from Louisiana. LSU recruited him. And Armani Brooks, who both made a ton of threes last year, both shot over 40%. Both of those guys can go off. They have Galen Robinson at point guard. He's one of the best uh, guys in terms of assists in the country. And a guy that that I think you should keep an eye on, I don't know if he'll be available or not, but Dijon Gyro is a New Orleans native. He was one of the top players in the state coming out in the same class as, as Skyler Mays and uh, and Wade Sims and, and that group. And Jairo has only played one game for Houston this year. He went to UMass as a freshman. He averaged like 10 points, 5 assists. Um, he transferred to Houston, sat out the, the season last year with his high school teammate Bryson Gresham, who's actually playing for Houston this year, who's a great offensive rebounder. In fact, Gresham is number four in the country in offensive rebounding percentage. So he's another guy to keep an eye on. But Jairo's only played one game. He's had an injury. I think he was dealing with a team suspension as well. He was supposed to be available for Houston's game against Oklahoma State over the weekend. I think Kelvin Sampson told the media on Monday that he had maybe sprained an MCL or, or dinged up his knee somehow, but he still could play against LSU. And if he does, that adds an even more dynamic option at the point guard. He's 6'4", 6'5". He, he kind of reminds me of, of Russell Westbrook, the, the, the athleticism, the explosiveness. If he's available, he's going to give them yet another guard uh, who can really, really play. Despite them not being a, a, a huge team, I, I think they're 318th in average height and, and I think a little bit lower than that in, in effective height. According to KimPom.com, um, they, they rebound the heck out of the ball. They are one of the best rebounding teams in the country. They get 35.7% of their offensive rebounds, uh, which is a top 25 figure. They're solid on the defensive glass. They're really, really good defensively. They grind you out on both ends of the core. They don't play very fast tempo. In fact, they're one of the slowest teams in the country, uh, 351st nationally in tempo. So they grind you out, they wear you out, and uh, and they're just really well coached and, and execute so well. They don't turn it over much. Um, they're, they're a good team, and it's going to be a really tough test for LSU. I did catch practice on Monday before the Tigers took off for Houston, and one of the, th- the big things that Will Wade was emphasizing was, look, this is a road game against a top 25 team things are not going to go your way. You have to be ready to anticipate bad breaks or bad calls or uh, whatever adversity comes on the road. That's that's a real point of emphasis for the Tigers going into this game. And the other thing he emphasized was, look, this is going to be a one-possession game. It's going to be a two-possession game. Every possession is going to matter. And you've seen with LSU this year, in, in, in flashes, they've been phenomenal. They've been dominant. They look like a Sweet 16 type of team, but then they have flashes and, and stretches and, and possessions where they get a little casual and they take a playoff defensively or, or, or miss an assignment defensively or um, make a casual pass on offense. And this kind of game, you can't survive that. This kind of game, literally every possession matters. The fourth possession of the first half, the fifth possession of the second half, the first possession of the game, the last possession of the game. LSU needs to be precise. They need to be at, at full execution level because – look, this is a difficult place to play and a good team to play against uh, in Houston. And it's going to be a real test for LSU. And it's also the, the type of game where when you start building an NCAA tournament resume, a win at Houston at the end of the year is going to be hugely, hugely valuable. Whether that's LSU trying to get in the tournament, whether that's LSU battling for a higher seed, this kind of game really matters. So one last bit of housekeeping, please, if you haven't yet. Subscribe to the podcast, give us a rating, five stars preferably. 
give us a review, share us with your friends, all that stuff. We really appreciate it. I'm really, really excited about the growth of this thing. I'm excited to be here doing it, and I'm excited that you are here listening. Okay, without further ado, here is my interview with LSU assistant coach Greg Heyer. being on the show how are you i'm doing great how are you cody i'm great I'm, I'm really excited to have you on before we talk about houston i wanted to talk a little bit about lsu and, and and the things that you've learned about this team this year and from your perspective as a guy that works a lot with the guards i wanted to focus on the guards in particular um, but before i get to that part you guys are coming off a stretch where in 14 days you only played one game. So that meant, of course, a lot of practice time, which I'm sure was uh, was fun for the coaches and, and less fun for the players. But um, dur- during that stretch, w- what did you guys learn about yourself? What were you able to, to accomplish as you get ready for this very important stretch of non-conference play? Well, we focused a lot on uh, individual improvement with our players. Uh working obviously to continue to improve their strengths but uh improve their weaknesses and put a lot of time uh individually into their game uh just working on fundamentals uh the basics of the game uh, both offensively and defensively uh, so you know that was whenever you have that much practice time you want to take advantage of that and you want to work on the things that that are important to helping the players get better and when the, because when the players are getting better that means your team's getting better and uh, we put a big huge emphasis uh, on that uh, these last uh, you know couple weeks I know you always put an emphasis on that with your skill development and the way that you work with guards I always enjoy going to watch practice and, and watching the drills that you run guys through um, but before we talk specific players can you just give our mm-hmm. listeners an idea of your your philosophy as it goes toward skill development and fundamentals. I know we've talked about this before, but um, I think it's something they would enjoy hearing because if they haven't seen, you do do a lot of unique drills with tennis balls and and cones and a lot of things that you don't see a lot of places, but it all is geared toward a very specific goal. So I guess just give us your approach to to skill development and and work in fundamentals with your guys. Well, the word confidence is something that I've always believed is a huge um, you know, part of anything you do, any sport, any job, you want to be confident in what you do. And I've always believed that, you know, in basketball, the, 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 the ball is, you know, the ball scores, you got to stop the ball. And so everything that, that I've always done in, in the development has always been based around ball confidence, developing ball confidence and being the boss of the ball on the court and understanding you know, the basic fundamentals to make that happen. Um, and just to have, uh, you know, when you shoot the ball, you want to understand the straight line theory and you want to have the, the right footwork and you want to shoot the same shot. And you want to get a, you know, the proper technique on the shot and have the proper follow through when you're handling the ball, you want to have the proper ball placement and, uh, understand, uh, you know, how to, uh, you know, make a guy, make, the defenders think you're going one way and, and go the other way and then be able to finish around the basket and in the lane and, uh, you know, be able to read the defense and, and use your fakes, uh, you know, to catch and use a shot fake or use a foot fake or a pass fake or a ball fake uh, to make the defense shift or get the defense in a rotation mode or get them into a long closeout. 
you know, it's just a lot of basic fundamentals, and it takes a lot of repetitions and a lot of time to really master those things. But when it, when the, when you start to master them, the game starts to slow down, and you really start to feel like you're in control on the court. And once the players get to that point, then uh, you know that that you know the hard work and and all the time that you put in is is definitely paying off. And you know, perfect example of that is Skylar Mays. You're setting me up for my next question. I was going to ask you about Skyler. Um, you look at the stats; they speak for themselves. He's your leading scorer. He's fifty, forty, ninety shooting right now. He's two to one assisted turnover. I mean, he's he's off to a phenomenal start. And then I didn't even mention the way he's playing defense. I, I know he puts in a lot of work. He's he's a, a true gem rat. How have you seen him progress from the first day you arrived and worked with him to where he is now? Well, I mean, it's been a like a three sixty. Uh, you know, not only has he has he changed basketball-wise fundamentally, and as the game slowed down because of his work ethic and his just he's just you know he's just true to the game. He's he's every day he's working on his game, but he's also changed his body. And since he's changed his body and his conditioning, it's changed his mindset. And now he's you know his, his body has changed, his mindset's different. Uh, and then his fundamentals have improved so much, uh, you know, being able to go both ways, being able to understand what's going on on the court, how he's being defended, uh, you know, how they're guarding the ball screen, uh, you know, what's open, uh, how to slide to the open area when Tremont's driving the certain areas, how to play off the post, uh, you know, just really uh, sharpening uh, all the tools uh, in his toolbox um, through hard work and uh, just, you know, it just takes time. It takes time. And uh, the more time you put in, like I always tell them, you're going to get out of this what you put into it. And whatever you put into it, that's what you're going to get out of it. Uh, you're going to talk about an unbelievable young man. I mean, you're talking about a 4.0 student that's uh, going to be a doctor that, that, you know, not only does he do what he's supposed to do, um, you know, mandatory, but he also works extra time on his own every day um so uh, just super proud of of scholar and it's it's fun to sit back and and to see you know all the hard work paying off and this is just the beginning like i tell him this is just the beginning you're you still got a long ways to go and you know he knows it and he's just still hungry to keep getting better and keep listening and keep working hard and uh you know it's just it's it's a tremendous joy to work with a young man like that that that, that gets it i mean he really gets it Speaking of just the beginning, you have another guard in Javante Smart, a true freshman who is off to a very good start of his own this year. He's been very efficient. He, he just looks so in control. It doesn't look like the game is too fast for him, and that's pretty rare for a freshman. What, what have you seen from Javante in his first year for you guys? Well, Javante's got a, 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 a sense of toughness and confidence for a freshman that it's you just you don't see that uh from every freshman that comes in the door, uh, he's like you said, like he he plays at his own pace. Uh, he's a tremendous listener. Uh, he's hungry to get better. Uh, he asks great questions. He's always trying to learn the game, um, and, and just through the questions that he asks, and and you can always tell when you know uh, really good players ask really good questions, and he asks really good questions, and. Uh, he just he wants it. He's he loves basketball. He loves to compete, um, and 
because of that, uh, you know, he's getting better. And, uh, you know, he just he lets the game come to him, and he's doing a great job of playing off Tremont and, and Schuyler and, and, and our front line. And uh, I, I just every week you see him just getting better and better and better, and, and you, challenge, you can challenge him. Uh, he's got this sense of toughness that you just don't find um, in a freshman guard. And uh, his – I mean, he, this is just the beginning for him. His his future's so bright, and he just you know because he uh, you just every day, uh, as long as he plays basketball, he's always going to work hard and he's always going to stay hungry, and he's got this sense of humbleness to him too, um, for the type of confidence that he has, which um, you know is is very rare. I always I always you know tell my family that he reminds me a lot of Van Vliet when Van yeah. Vliet was younger. He just had that type of like. Uh, you know, just poise and confidence to him um, at a young age, and, and Javante has that. That's high praise and, and well deserved. Javante's a heck of a player, and, and his future is bright. Um, you, you mentioned Tremont there. I, I know his his shooting numbers have been better the last couple of games. They're still not where he wants them to be. His turnover numbers are, are higher than he wants them to be, but. We know what Tremont can do, right? We, we've seen him do it before. What does Tremont need to do to just get back to the type of player that, that we all know he's capable of being? Tremont needs to be Tremont and not try to be um, you know, somebody else. Um, what's gotten Tremont to this level and, and the type of player that he is is his, his just uncanniness to uh, make baskets and, and – make plays for others and you know i think this is the first time probably in his career um, playing basketball that he's had this much um, you know talent around him Mm -hmm. and he seems like he's really trying to you know get everybody involved and and almost overpassing at times and which is resulting in some turnovers and you know when he comes to the bench i i tell him hey you got the open shot and you're you're you know you're trying to skip the ball but you, you've got a floater you got a little step back and, and you can keep attacking the big um you know it's just I, I think that's that's as as we continue to play and as the stakes get higher and the competition continues to get better you're going to see the Tremont waters that we all you know saw last year um he's he's working extremely hard he's been leading the team daily um, which is, you know, another new new role for him in his young career playing basketball is, is just being a, a leader, and he's doing a tremendous job of leading the team. He's really trying to defend and, and, and do what the, the staff wants him to do on, on, on that end of the court. I mean, his steal numbers are, are up, and, uh, you know, like I tell him, just you can't worry about – you can't worry about what what has happened. You got to just continue to, you know, let the game come to you and but be aggressive. And I think you know you're gonna see that you're gonna see that Wednesday against Houston. Uh, I have no doubt in my mind. Tremont Waters is gonna play a, a really good game on on Wednesday, and um, you know he's just a joy to coach every day because he's a wonderful human being and you know that Cody from yep. just interviewing him and being around him what a what a great young man he is and um, sometimes you wish you had you know he had a little bit more nasty in him um, you know but uh, that's going to come that's going to come with time and uh, hopefully it comes Wednesday night when um, he steps on that court because we're going to need that out of him yeah he tends to be his best in big moments so I, I think Tremont will get back to doing what Tremont does 
the the three spot for you guys. You've you've played three guards, but Will has talked recently about um, playing Marlon and playing Darius more at that three spot. Now I know they're two different guys. Marlon is kind of the six six athletic wing. Darius is the played a lot of four for you guys and played it well, but can also step out to the three. What what have you seen from those two guys in terms of their development and and what they bring to that that third perimeter spot? Well, they definitely bring they bring us. Uh, legit rebounding at that position and size on the defensive end of the court at that position. And, uh, you know, that's something that when we played in Orlando that, you know, against Oklahoma state and Florida state uh, on the boards, uh, we were, we were smaller than them as far as our, you know, our, our, when you play in the three guard lineup and then you're, you're bringing Edwards in too. And at times you're, you're pretty small, uh, in the backcourt, uh, compared to some of the other teams uh, that we that we played, and so we we got to be able to, you know, have Marlin and and Days ready for when we play um, in SEC play and and these games coming up uh, when we need to you know go to a different lineup or go to a bigger lineup or go to a, a more of a rebounding lineup um, that they're ready to play and that they're prepared to be successful when they get on the court. So coach is doing a, a great job of, of getting them ready for when their opportunity is going to come and uh, gives us some versatility with our team to play different ways uh, when we need to play that way. So I uh, just kind of, you know, it helps our team. And, and um, so, you know, Marlon is, can shoot it and is a, is a great athlete, can cut, can run the floor does a great job on the offensive glass. You know, Days is really shoots it. Um, he's got a knack for the ball. Uh, he's just getting better and better on the defensive end, uh, you know, as a, as, a, as a young freshman defender. And, you know, so it just gives us a, a little bit more versatility within our, within our, our lineups. All right, let's look at Houston, who LSU's played Houston the last three or four years, so people are probably – Fairly familiar with their personnel. Rob Gray is gone. Uh, their big man, uh, Devin Davis, I believe was his name, he's gone. But they still bring back a ton of talent. They're undefeated. Corey Davis can shoot the lights out. Armani Brooks can shoot the lights out. What, what challenges do they present for you guys on Wednesday? Well, definitely the first challenge that they present is on the boards. They're a plus seven on the season on the boards. Uh, you know, they just they really crash the glass hard. And they do a tremendous job of on misses and turnovers and block shots, live ball turnovers and block shots of just really pushing the ball and attacking the paint for inside out threes um, or for, you know, getting easy baskets in transition, which is going to put a lot of um, duress and stress on our transition defense. And, uh, you know, we're going to have to take good shots on the offensive end and we're going to have to take care of the ball as they make you pay. Um, they're, they're 8-0 for a reason. They're very well coached, and they play the right way, and they make you pay for your mistakes, and they don't beat themselves. And then you look at them, they're one of the top 10 teams in the country defensively, so they're going to, you know, their field goal percentage is at right at 38, under 38% uh, from the field that they're holding their opponents, and 27.5% from the three that they're holding their opponents from the three, and their opponents are only shooting 59% from the free throw line, so that says how hard that they play every possession and how important every possession is when you play them. Because when 
the, the, your opponents are only shooting that well from the free throw line. That means they're tired when they're going to the free throw line. So, you know, they present a ton of challenges uh, for our team and our, our young team. And uh, they've, they've got a, a, a fairly veteran uh, team that, you know, Coach Sampson is bringing back. And uh, I know he really likes his team, and he should. I mean, they're, they're, they're fun to watch on tape, and uh, they're going to just give us a lot of uh, challenges. Uh, and, it's, you know, it's going to come down to – physicality and, and, and running the court and, and rebounding and um, just and it's our first true road game too to say the least with this new team so uh, there's a lot of challenges there that are going to be presented on, on Wednesday night and uh, you know it's it's going to be it's going to be an, a, a great college basketball game and a fun game to watch and uh, you know I'm just excited to see uh, how our guys go out there and, and execute the plan and uh, you know, to give ourselves the best chance to win. GH, I appreciate your time. Thanks so much for joining us. Hey, no problem, Cody. Go Tigers. <laughs>